Proverbs chapter 18, Proverbs 18 and verse 14. This is our foundational scripture. Proverbs 18, 14 says this, The strong spirit, everyone say strong spirit, of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? Now, the, the message that we've been trying to instill and implant in people's hearts during this message is what does it take to build our faith? What does it take to strengthen our spirit man? What does it take to establish our hearts in the things of God? Because it says very plainly in Proverbs that the strong spirit of a man sustains him. So I want to know how to establish this strong spirit. It apparently is important. It tells me that when I establish a strong spirit, because we are spirit, you know. We possess a soul. We live in this physical body. When I possess a strong spirit, then the Word tells me that I am sustained in bodily pain or in trouble. In other words, when sickness and disease try to attach itself to me, I can be sustained in that area. When troubles come into my life, whether they're sickness and disease or other financial relationships, a strong spirit will sustain me in that area. Because a strong spirit is developed in all areas of our life, no matter what it is. And that's important. God wants us to grow in every area. It's God's will that we know God's will for every area of our life. We've said many times, if you've come to this church at any time at all, you've heard Pastor John talk about there's a Godward side, which he has already done, and there's a manward side. There's a part that we play in doing that. And what we've been talking about in these habits are habits to... develop in our lives that build this strong spirit and so that we can sustain ourselves in times of trouble or bodily pain. Now, a habit is simply established, uh, when, it's a, when a habit is established in your life, it will govern your beliefs. Your beliefs is what you do and how you behave. You can't act any differently. Now, as an act of your will, and now as consciously, you can go do something that is totally not you, or outside your belief system, but it'll ne- you'll always revert back to your current belief system. That's why it's so important to establish a belief system based upon what the Word of God says. Bottom line is, when you're governed by our beliefs in the Word of God, You think the way God thinks, you speak the way God speaks, and you do what God does. And when you're doing those three things, you're operating in faith, whether you have acquired what you desire or not. Because over a period of time, if you continue in those habits, you continue in those beliefs, the way we think, the way we speak, and the way we act, you will reap those things. It's a law that cannot be, it's a law that that will work every time. 
Because it's a law. It's God's law. He cannot fail. The second foundational scripture we've been using is Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26. And it says this, You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. Holiness comes into our lives when God's ways become our ways. That's when holiness comes. Now, the, just as a brief review of the, uh, of the habits we've already dealt with, and again, you can go online or get the CDs for this. The first one is they diligently spend time with the Father daily. Nothing should take priority in our life above God's Word. That is our life, God's Word. Second habit we covered was they consistently give thanks and praise and worship Him regardless of the circumstances. And this praise and worship I'm talking about, this is a, a personal intimacy and relationship that we establish with our Father. The third habit we covered was they feed their spirit by reading and listening to God's Word every day. The Word tells us to desire the sincere milk of the Word that we may grow thereby. Develop, mature, be mature Christians. Walk in the light of His Word. Actually reap the blessings that He's given to us. Habit number four was they strengthen and encourage themselves daily by meditating on God's Word. Meditating on God's Word renews our mind and transforms our core beliefs. I bet you didn't know this. I bet you didn't know that you have some beliefs that aren't right. (laughs) Did you? You probably thought all the things that I believe are true. Well, guess what? (laughs) They aren't. I still have beliefs that aren't true. And so in order to get those beliefs out of us, there's a meditation process to get the Word, to take the Word and replace what we believe currently and be established in what the Word of God says rather than what we think is right. Because the Word tells us there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is destruction. Sometimes we operate out of feelings. We operate out of emotions. We operate out of what, well, how the world thinks. Well, everyone else is doing it, so this must be right. <laughs> okay. And it's not. Habit number five was the words they speak are governed by their faith in God's Word. The things that we speak have a tremendous impact on our life. The words that we speak. The sixth habit that we have been talking about, actually we've, we've, we've been in this one for several weeks, and this is they demonstrate their faith by acting upon the Word. They demonstrate their faith by acting upon God's Word. Now, you know, this one, maybe the reason we've spent so long on it is because, see, this is one of the real key habits. Not that the rest of them aren't important, because they are. But this is sort of a, a foundational habit, acting upon God's Word. If you think about it, if, you, if we have established the first five habits that I mentioned, then we are actually doing what number six is telling us, demonstrating our faith by acting upon the Word. Going back to the first habit, we say the diligent spend time with the Father daily. Well, well, the Bible tells us to seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these other things will be added to us. Well, if we're seeking Him first, guess what we're doing? We're doing the Word, aren't we? 
Habit number two, they consistently give thanks and praise and worship Him regardless of the circumstances. Well, the Word tells us, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, if I'm doing that, then I'm doing the Word. Habit number three, they feed their spirit by reading and listening to God's Word every day. Uh, what Timothy tells me, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. So, I'm doing the Word when I'm doing that habit. They strengthen and encourage themselves daily by meditating on God's Word. Habit number four. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you will meditate therein day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that's written therein. And then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll make your way successful. So if I'm doing that, I'm doing the Word. The words they speak are governed by their faith in God's Word. Well... Who shall ever say to this mountain, be removed and be cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things he says shall come to pass. They shall have what they say. If you confess Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart he is raised from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when we do those things, we're doing the word. So again... Habit number six that we've been dealing with for so long in doing the Word is key. It's critical to building that strong spirit. By the way, one of the highest goals and priorities of a Christian's life, I can't imagine it being anything else other than fulfilling the calling and the purpose for our lives. That's my highest goal. That doesn't mean it's right, but everything I read in the Word tells me that I want to hear him say, Enter thou in, that good and faithful servant. You've been faithful to me. You fulfilled the call that I had for your life. The word plainly in many, many scriptures tells us about the calling and the purpose for our life. Unless you get number six established in your life to be a consistent doer of the word, not just in one area, not just in two or three areas, but in every area of your life, you will not be able to fulfill the calling and the purpose for your life. Let me say that again. That sounds very simplistic. Unless we become a doer of the word, unless we establish the habit of being a doer in our life, there's no way that you can ever fulfill the purpose for your life. It just can't happen. That's why God puts so much emphasis in His Word about being a doer. Over in James 1, you can go to James 1, starting with verse 22. This is a very familiar scripture. Some of you may be able to quote it. You've heard it here at the church many times and I've used it in this teaching many times. But James 1.22 says, Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself. Well, what's that mean? He observes himself. Well, see, when I look in this word, I assess myself because the word tells me this is who I am. This is God. This is God telling me who I am. 
And so if I look at this word and it tells me who I am, and then I reflect and assess about myself, and I find out, well, wait a minute, I don't look like what the word is telling me that I am. I, I, I'm different. I'm thinking different. I'm acting different. I'm speaking different. So I observe who I am. And what's the word say? It says, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself. He's observing himself. Goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. This is who I am. And I take that word and I walk away and I have a decision and a choice to make. And that decision is, do I do it? Do I decide to walk in what it says and who that I am? Or do I just go ahead and forget it, go my way, do my thing, and choose not to? And it says, For he observes himself, goes away, and then forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God, and continues in it. Everyone say continues in it. That sounds like developing a habit, doesn't it? And continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he... Notice, just notice this, that the blessing follows the doing. So our expectations... See, many Christians have expectations. They believe, in, they believe in God and they take the Word and they mentally agree with it. And so they think, I'm a believer. And so if I ask God for this, I should have it because I believe it. They mentally assent to the fact that it's true. But the fact is, unless you are living in accordance with what that word says, you are not a believer, even though you might mentally agree with it. And we've talked about this definition many, many times before. To be a believer means to, that we live in accordance with. Now see, there's many things in my life that I live in accordance with what the word says. And, as a result of that, I'm receiving blessings. However, there are some things in my life where I am not living totally in accordance with the Word. Yet. And it is those areas where I am not yet receiving the blessings that I desire. And I, I, my guess is that if I would talk to each one of you individually, you can probably tell me the same thing. So the importance of doing the Word Oh, it is so important. We can grab hold of it. To be a doer of the Word. Now, Luke chapter 6, starting with verse 46. And I'm going to read to you from the Amplified. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not practice what I tell you? For everyone who comes to me and listens to my words in order to heed their teaching and does them I will show you what it is like. 
He is like a man building a house who dug and went down deep and laid a foundation upon the rock. And when the flood arose, the torrent broke against that house and could not shake or move it because it was been securely built or founded on a rock. But he who merely hears and does not practice doing my words is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation against which the torrent burst and immediately it collapsed and fell and the breaking and ruin of the house was great. Now, the Word tells us that if we confess Jesus as Lord, we will be saved, right? Believe in our heart? Okay? Well, guess what? In that particular area of your life, where you call Him Lord and you're not doing the Word, He's not your Lord. You haven't made Him Lord yet in that area. Lord means Master. Lord means you're submitting to what He's telling you. And so, if you're not doing the Word, then you are not submitting to what He is telling you. Does that mean you're going to hell? No. No. You're born again, okay? God, 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 God has to catch the fish before He cleans them. Okay? Sanctification is a process. It doesn't happen overnight. Every one of us got warts and wrinkles that we're working on. But the key is to continue in the Word. Continue in the Word. Continue in the Word. Let it grow till it comes to the point where it's controlling your beliefs, where you're established in that belief. Some of you can probably, hopefully some of you can quote my favorite quote, which we've established in here. Remember what we said? So a thought. So a thought. Now these thoughts, based upon the Word of God, so a thought, reap words. So God's words, reap actions, doing. So your actions, you reap a habit. You become established in it. It's a natural part of you. It's almost involuntary like breathing. So your habits, character God's character the fruits of the spirit grow in your life love, joy, peace long suffering gentleness, goodness, temperance meekness, faith God's character starts to grow on you and guess what? other people see that character and that's what attracts them and brings them in That's why I say when you do the Word, you start walking in your purpose because, see, our whole purpose is to bring more people into the kingdom. And as we sow our character, as our godly character, we reap our destiny, our calling, our purpose. And then we take our last breath on earth. We're ushered into His presence. And He said, well done. all about. That's why habit six is so important. Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians chapter one 
starting with verse 17. This is actually part, that I'm going to be reading to you, part of one of the Ephesians' prayers, which we encourage you to read, not just read, but to, but to pray. And not just one time, but you can pray it 157 times a day if you want to, and it's appropriate. Ephesians 1, verse 20, verse 17 says, That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of His calling. And what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in us as saints? And what is the exceeding greatness of His power to us as believers? According to the working of His mighty power which He wrought in Christ, or He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead, and seated him at his right hand in the heavens, far above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Now, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. That word enlightened means total comprehension and insight. God wants you to know what he knows. He wants that word of His to be established in our life. He wants us to know what it is. He wants us to apply wisdom. Not only to be His word to be revealed to us, but wisdom. Wisdom is the application of His word. Understanding is knowing how to do it. But wisdom. Proverbs tells us wisdom is the principal thing. So the principal thing for us as Christians is to know what the word says Knowledge, what Hosea says, my people, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Isaiah says, my people go into captivity for lack of knowledge. Well, okay, we want knowledge. We need understanding of that knowledge. In other words, how to operate in it. And then most of all, being a doer, applying that word to the various aspects and sides of our life where we need it to operate in. And that's why, that's why we, you, you can pray this prayer all the time. You pray it all day long if you want to. And, and the more you pray it, the better off it is. And meditate on it. That you may know what is the hope of His calling, our purpose. See? See, all we, we're doing all this. He's telling us, do all this. Be enlightened. Receive revelation. Receive wisdom. Receive knowledge. That you may know what is the hope of your calling. He wants us to step in that purpose. The sooner the better. And he wants to know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Well, what are the riches of his glory? What is our inheritance? It is a total reestablishment and redemption of the things that were taken away from us at the fall of man. Everything. So the riches of the glory, which one's the best one? It's the one you need the most at the time. That's the best one. Now, this is healing service. So, my assumption is that those coming to healing service of either one are in currently in sickness, currently have some disease, or you're coming to build your spirit strong 
so that when it does try to attack your body, that you'll be ready to repel it. I love when John, Pastor John says this. He says, he says, you don't wait to grow your garden when you're hungry. So, we can build ourselves up now and then whenever sickness and disease does attack, oh, we can pull out the armor of God and just totally repel it. Quench those fiery darks that come our way. Now, wisdom and knowledge just doesn't come our way. It just doesn't fall on our lap. Well, doesn't it say that God will give you a spirit of wisdom? Yeah, He will. But there's a God side and there's a manward side. The manward side is we need to do, number one, establish the knowledge. But most of all, get the belief system built up in what the Word says so that we are doers of the Word. James 1, verse 21, says this, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive, everyone say receive, with meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save our souls. Now, any of you farmers, they planted a garden? Anybody ever planted anything? Flowers or anything? Okay. All right. So everyone's planted something, right? Have you ever received, have you ever, have you ever received a crop or a harvest, regardless of what you planted, without planting a seed? It's, it's hard to do it. If you, if I, if I want a tulip, unless I plant a tulip seed, I'm probably not going to get a tulip. Well, what the Word's telling us here is, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted Word. Well, the Word of God describes the Word of God as a seed. We plant seed. There's a period of time in between that, that we need to take care of it. Weeding, watering, fertilizing. Okay, And then there's a harvest that comes. And it's telling us to receive with meekness the implanted word with reverence, protecting it with all diligence, for out of our heart flows the issues of life, right? So we receive with meekness that implanted word, that seed in our hearts, and we take care of it. We fertilize it, we speak it, we water it, we continue in that. We establish habits. We speak it. We think it. We do it. We get it established as part of our belief system. And then after a period of time, which Galatians says, don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due time you will reap if you faint not. See, so many Christians, they plant the Word of God in their lives and there's a period of time goes by and they grow weary they, they say, oh, God's forgotten me or it's not happening. And they sort of give up on it. 
the seed will produce each and every time without fail. But the Word tells us to continue to do, continue in it, continue in it. He who continues in it, being a doer of the Word and not just a forgetful hearer, will be blessed in his doing. So that time period goes by. It might be a month, it might be a year, it might be five years. My God, there's been longer than that in people's lives. But the degree in which you take that word and get it established in your heart, whatever time that is, where it governs you, that's when you'll start seeing the harvest come. It's automatic. <laughs> you can't prevent it. Even if you want it. Well, the only way you'd want to is if you said, just reject it and give up. But you continue in that word by, by taking that word and making it a part of you. Meditating on it. Doing it. Thinking it. Speaking it. It just comes. Bible says, you know, first it starts to come, the head comes out of the ground and it grows and another part grows and, or, and then next thing you know, you're putting it in the second floor of the harvest. How does it grow? I don't know. I haven't got a clue. All I know is that when I've applied the word to my life, I've reaped the harvest. And to be honest, I don't give a squat how it got there. All I know is I did what God told me to do and there it is. I'm blessed. <laughs> I'm blessed. Key is to apply that to every area. Not just a few. But it's a lifelong process. And the older I get, the more that I understand and realize that the more time I spend with my Father, the more time I spend with my Word, the quicker and faster blessings flow into my life. For whatever measure you put into it is the measure that you'll receive out of it. like a weightlifter. Have you ever seen these bodybuilders? They spend hours in the gym. They eat stuff that I wouldn't even consider putting in my mouth in order to build protein and muscle. They, their arms are about the size of my circumference of my shirt. But look at all the time, the discipline they put into it. Our spirit man is the same way. If we put that kind of time and effort like they do, guess what? Your spiritual muscle would be so big you wouldn't fit in this room. We would be reaping all kinds of blessings. We as human beings haven't gotten it yet. We're influenced by our culture whether we want to be or not. 
And culture makes a huge demand upon our time. And if we allow it, if we allow it, it will prevent us from reaping blessings in our life. That's why, this, that's why it says, seek ye first. You've probably heard me say this before, but never put God in your day. Yeah, you heard me right. Never put God in your day. Schedule your day around God. To whatever degree, five minutes, ten minutes, an hour, whatever you can put in. But make sure that's the priority for your day. Desire that. Make it more of a priority than what the Word says is your necessary food. If I, if I, if, if I just have to not have any meals that day, make sure you spend some time with our Father. Establish that intimacy, that relationship. Because when the relationship is defined, whenever it's established, whenever it's growing, we're automatically thinking, speaking, and doing what His Word is. We're being governed by His Word and not being governed and led by the world system. Now, oh wow. You might say to yourself, well, sometimes I don't know what the Father wants me to do. How, how do I become a doer of the Word? Well, even though it sometimes is intuitive, sometimes when you have the words, you know, you, it takes a while to really understand, you know, the guides and the direction God wants you to go in some areas. When there's a, but he's building a confirmation system in our life. There's some, some things that we can do. And I want to cover, there's, there's seven brief things. Uh, well, seven things, they're not brief, but I want to cover them briefly, that we can do to help us be a better doer of the Word. Okay? The first one, um, well, well, before we get into that, uh, go, go with me over to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians 1, uh, starting with verse 9, this is also another prayer that you can pray as often as you want to, multiple times a day. And uh, I'm going to read from the Holman Christian Standard Bible on this one. You go ahead and keep up uh, whatever you have, uh, Laura, on this. But, uh, it says this, uh, starting with verse 9, For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of, this, of His Son He loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins, in Him. Now, there's several words that I want to talk about in here. 
It says that we are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. And we said it's God's will to know his will. He wants us filled with his will. He wants us to have a total comprehension and insight in every area of our life of what his word says about it. Because that's who we are. Now, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, so that we may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. What's Hebrews say about pleasing him? Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For they that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Okay? Now, bearing fruit in every good work. Okay. Growing fruit in every good work. Now, we've said before that when we were born again, when we made Jesus the Lord of our life, the Holy Spirit came into our dead spirit man and made it alive and anew, a new creation that's never existed before. And when he came to live and dwell in us, he brought with him God's character, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, temperance, his faith. All that fruit he brought. Now, the fact is, when he brought that fruit, we really weren't bearing any of it yet, but he brought it, the seeds were planted. And it was our responsibility as Christians to grow it, to get established in it. So, this prayer is saying, to bear fruit in every good work, oh, and says, and growing in the knowledge of God. The only way that you can bear fruit is to grow in the knowledge of God, to grow in the understanding of the Word of God, to establish wisdom in our life, to apply that Word. Okay? Now, may you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Do you know that endurance and patience and joy, you know what they are? It's fruit. That's fruit. Giving thanks to the Father who is who has enabled you. One version is who has made you able. One version is um, um, made you to be a partaker. So he's enabled us to be able to receive all this. He didn't dump it in our lap and all of a sudden you're walking in it. He's made us able to receive it. Well, that's the, that's the man's side, see? We have the ability. Yeah. Romans 6 says, Sin shall not have dominion over you before we have dominion over sin, for we are in grace and not in the law, right? Okay, so we operate on grace. Grace is God's ability. God, grace is God's provision. Grace is God's power doing those things in our life that we cannot do in our own abilities, our own provision, and our own power. So that ability is talking about, he's enabled us, is God's grace is now upon our lives. But we have to receive that grace. <laughs> okay? 
And to receive that grace, we have to take that word with meekness and engraft it that our souls may be saved. What's our soul? Our mind, our will, our emotions. So we're taking this engrafted word and all of a sudden the way we think, we take those files, those computer files, and we say, ah, we need to purge them and we delete them and we insert this word of God in our life which enables us to receive God's blessings. don't know how to get there. All I know is that when I replace those files and I start walking in the Word, they come. It's automatic. Now, oh dear. Well, I'm about out of time. I'm not sure if I want to start this next segment. If I start, I'd like to finish. Let's just praise God for a minute. Let's stand up. Let's stand up and praise God for a minute. Father, we just love you, Father. We submit ourselves to you this day. You are Lord. Father, help us to make you Lord in every area of our life. Help us, Father, to make you the priority. Help us, Father, to receive your grace, yield to that grace, and operate in that grace to let our lives be governed by what your word says. Establish our hearts, Father. Help us to build a strong spirit that we may sustain ourselves when, when bodily pain try to attack us. That we can sustain ourselves when trouble comes. And most of all, Father, help us to be holy as you are holy. Because you set us ourselves apart for you, Father. We are yours. We belong to you. We're nothing without you. We can do nothing. So, Father, we just thank you for who you are. We just bless your name. We give you thanks and praise. We worship you this day. Just worship you for a minute. Just, just draw that circle around. Just thank you for all that you have, all that you are, and, for, and most of all, what he has in store for you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for who you are. I worship you. We praise your holy name. You are so good. Your mercy endures forever. Oh, Father, we bless you. We bless you, Father. You're so good. Oh, Father, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of your benefits. Father, you forgive all my iniquities. You heal all our diseases. You redeem our lives from destruction You crown us with loving kindness and tender mercies. You satisfy our mouth with good things. That our youth is renewed like the eagles. Oh, we're so thankful. Oh, Father, we're so thankful. Father, fill us with the knowledge of your will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding that we might walk worthy of you, Father, pleasing you in everything that we do, bearing fruit in every good work, and always increasing in the knowledge of you.
Strengthen us, Father, with all your might, according to your glorious power, with patience, with long-suffering, with joyfulness. And I thank you, Father, for making us able to be a partaker of the inheritance of the saints in light and for delivering us from the power of darkness and translating us into the kingdom of your dear Son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, help us to take this word now and to be a doer of it, to get it established, and to add another muscle, Father, to our to our spirit. Father, we thank you for this day. We bless your name. We dedicate the rest of it to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. See you next week. <laughs>